0: I'm Abigail Jacobs
1: and I'm Habib Azam and, and we're, we're socially, socially distanced.
0: This week our guest is Jeremy Rice.
2: Hello mites.
0: And we're going to be talking about some cool things. Sure. <laughs> so, even though Jeremy just responded with a weird accent, he is in fact not an accented person. He's from Oklahoma.
2: Well, it depends on who you ask if whether he's an accented person or not. <laughs> if you ask an Aussie an accent, I'm gonna be an American accent. So, yeah, you know, just saying.
0: So, Jeremy, do you want to say where you're from?
2: Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was not born there, but I was raised there. And born in, uh, Decatur, Illinois.
0: Hmm.
2: So, yeah, lived hmm. in Oklahoma since I was four, and now I'm in Germany. Mm-hmm.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a random question. Uh, of course. If you could be any Form of plant life, which form of plant life would you be?
2: Hmm, A tree.
0: A tree. What kind of tree? An oak tree. Okay. Oak. oak. That's a very Jeremy response. <laughs> that is a Jeremy response.
2: It's, it's stable. It's something that doesn't go away quickly and long lasting, you know. Good firewood. Good firewood. Yeah. And then make very pretty yeah, furniture as well. So. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, so this last week of lectures for our school, we studied biblical worldview, and actually talked about some very, like, and I think that it was kind of intense stuff.
1: I mean, it was general. Yeah, I guess it kind of was intense, but in a more engaging, like, yeah. my, like logical way rather than yeah. spiritual. Yeah,
0: it wasn't like emotionally intense. Emotionally, no. I was numb and gray, and there was nothing. But, like, my brain was just... <laughs> yeah, this
1: whole week, uh... Yeah, there wasn't really... I wasn't emotionally engaged. It was just a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: a, lot, a yeah. lot of thinking.
0: So do you have any thoughts about this week's lecture?
2: I thought he presented it very well. Uh, I, I think it was just a good a good overall thing, so... Mm. It's stuff I, I've looked into myself for a long time, so i I understood where he's coming from. I don't know where he gets his stats. I am curious about that. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought he did a very good job, and he brought a very logical and 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 kind of gave you evidence of everything that's being said mm-hmm. versus you know trying to make you feel emotions to go a certain direction, mm-hmm. whether it's truth or not. It was very this is what the Bible says, and mm-hmm. you can't really argue with that because yeah. it does say that.
1: So. And Jeremy, you're a student here, right? And you have met this week's speaker
2: before, Josh. Yes, yeah. I've actually heard this weeks lessons twice now mm-hmm. um back in Birmingham was the last time so I lived in Birmingham for a few months mm-hmm. with Abigail and uh, another student here named Maurice and we got some of this stuff already once mm-hmm. but it was still good to hear again and just kind yeah. of be reminded of what I was already taught so yeah
0: yeah it was definitely a good reminder and a little bit weird to hear the lecture for the second time because mm-hmm. it's kind of like I already know this. I know what's
2: coming next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the same question I was asked last time. and uh-huh. And with the same rabbit holes this time. Although we didn't get into some of the rabbit holes we got last time. like yeah. uh, We didn't get into the, the, the giants and all that stuff, which I'm sure he was probably happy not to go down the path.
1: Honestly, I would have loved to go down those rabbit holes, but we didn't really have that much time and it was yeah. a little off topic from what we were on.
2: Yeah. It was very off topic from what we were on. Yeah. yeah.
0: I kind of, I feel like for this, I know we are missing out. Because all of our lectures are on Zoom now because of corona. Um, corona, but I think specifically with this week's lectures, I think we really, at least you guys, because me mm-hmm. and Jeremy know, really, really missed out because we, because we were on Zoom. Like in person, Joshua, he would have been on the base for the whole week. Mm-hmm. You would have been able to get into some very intense discussions with him at yeah. any moment you want, and he, he would have
2: welcomes that very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah
1: very appreciated and yeah he, he kind of still tried to do that we had him on uh yeah on a zoom
2: call even during like uh some blurt breaks and stuff but it, it wasn't the same But mm-hmm. it's hard to get into that kind of intense uh conversation you can't physically touch the person yeah to yeah. You kind of get you know that like, there's that physical vibe feeling and yeah that goes with it so yeah
0: and i mean i he i think he said this but i so i moved to birmingham alabama A few weeks after Reese and Jeremy moved to Alabama. Reese and Jeremy are both students at this DTS. Um, And I, like, it was probably, like, my third day in Birmingham. And Joshua starts speaking about, like, these um, Nephilim and the flood and how, like, God like, poured, like, opened up the tectonic plates of the world to pour out the water and all this, like, crazy stuff that I had never, like, really thought about before. I I knew about Nephilim, um, but I had never heard some of his theories about how, like, the tectonic plates shifted during the Flood and how, yeah, like, he just had some very interesting things to say in different perspectives on the Bible that I had never heard before. And I think Reese and I both are the kind of people that like to ask, questions like why 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 you know and yeah. every time Joshua says anything to me I'm like but why and then he's like well this and this no 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 why this and this yeah and so me and Reese and Jer- and Joshua sat in his office and had a conversation for pr- probably five hours yeah you were
2: there for quite a while I mean lecture phases are already over I think I had left and gone on something else by then and I was like where are they at and I'm like 8 o'clock that night, Reese comes walking, and i was yeah. like, dude, where have you been at, bro? And he's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, I was just talking to Josh. Abigail and I were just, like, asking all kinds of questions. Like, really? That's interesting. Dang.
1: I might... He get left us his number, and I have his contact. I might, like, contact him on that some mm-hmm. of that stuff, because I do like asking questions about all of it. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we could kind of talk about what we learned this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off with talking about... So, there's this concept. I don't know if many of you have heard of it, but the Seven Spheres of Influence uh, it kind of was started by the founder of YWAM and another. Well,
2: I think it's. I mean, biblically, it's always been. Yeah, there. but I mean, like but the, it, the it, it may have not been recognized until maybe the last hundred years. Yeah, the writing
1: down of it, like yeah. the seven spheres, like I I don't know if it was Lauren Cunningham who brought it I don't up know first. Was AM, but I know there was two major.
2: Uh, I think he was
1: so. one of them. Like YWAM was one of them to pioneer it because if you look it up, YWAM was the forefront of it. Well, I mean, but I don't know. I just 'cause they could use it a lot. They use it a lot. But uh the seven spheres are uh I guess remind me if we forget any. So there's family, uh government, religion, mm-hmm. uh economics, commerce, and business. No, economics yeah. was that the same one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh then you have church.
0: Arts and science. Uh, no, I think no, church, church is religion, religion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh then you have arts and science, uh and then you have Media. Media, media yeah. yeah. And then sports. And uh, sports. What's well, no, sports was part of probably. media.
2: Media. Well, sports is probably more like the arts and yeah. science. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more, it's entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah media. Whereas, and then, like, your journalistic type media is another sphere. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and education. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those were, like, the seven different spheres of, like, different areas that um, that the Bible gives Different authorities too, and different responsibilities too. And we start off with family, and just talking about how broken it is. This week we was just talking about basically how broken things are, and how much of an important role we mm-hmm. have right now. And somehow he managed to demotivate us, but then also to fire us up.
2: Yeah. So Jeremy, do you feel fired up? Every time, both times he played that video at the very end, I was like, man, I'm ready to go conquer whatever God tells me to go conquer. Like yeah. I will do it with all that I have, and it's just. Yeah. Like, it encourages me because it's like I'm in the generation or part of the generation that can actually finish the Great Commission. Like That's a legitimate mm-hmm. possibility that no other generation has even thought that was a possibility. We're mm-hmm. literally in the time where yeah. that's possible.
0: Yeah, so one of Joshua's like main things that he always hits home in his lectures is that we have the capabilities to complete the Great Commission in this generation. So that's like, my generation, the people that are in their, like, I don't know, would you say 30s to 20s? Maybe, I
1: mean, maybe everyone, late
0: teens? Everyone
1: who's capable of going out and being a missionary right now. Yeah. So basically everyone who is physically able to go and spread yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, So it's not specifically young
2: people. Yeah. But we are the forefront just because we have the best, cap- the most mm-hmm. capability to do that right now. We're yeah. the forefront. Or the, we're normally the energy and the zeal. Yeah. Whereas your older generation... Um, like your grandparents or parents, they have all the wisdom and experience and how to navigate some of the things. And so, really, it's it's the combination of the generations yeah. that will make it an effective t- tool mm-hmm. against you know, in, in order to build the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that's a, very important to understand that. Yeah. yeah, I think something I've come to learn is if you
1: want to make a difference, generations have to combine. If if the the older generation alone, they they do have the wisdom, that's right, they have the wisdom and a lot of times more knowledge as well, but they don't have always that drive, they mm-hmm. have a lot of other things in life that they're distracted by, then the younger people, they have that passion, they have that zeal, but they don't have that wisdom. Mm-hmm. So you need that combination, you need the older to disciple the younger, and the younger to go out mm-hmm. and do, I guess. Yeah. And the older can go out and do, I'm, I'm sure there are many who will, mm-hmm. and who, who still do, and we have quite a few older people in YWAM, um, and they're great too, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that but a lot of times their role is discipling.
0: Yeah. And we can
1: disciple as well. We can even start discipling people who are younger than us. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess just giving a little context to, on that video, um, it just talks about, well, you guys saw it twice, but it talks about um, like the hero generation, it calls us, uh, the generation that can go out and because right now uh, the opportunity for Missions and for people to accept Christ as as at at its peak, Mm -hmm. Um, man. So I can to explain how that works. It's a a whole week of lectures, (laughs) but basically, uh, yeah. Does anyone want to talk about it? Because I will talk way too long if I go about it.
2: (laughs) It, So so can you summarize, Jim? Summarize. Summarize. Basically, throughout the history of mankind, it's every country, every nation, nationality has cyclical. And every four generations, they're pretty much the same kind of same kind of generation. Yep. There's the the artisan, the prophet, the I can't remember the the wanderer, and then I think it's a wanderer or something like that. Yeah.
0: And then and then the last oh, the, nomad. the nomad. Yeah. No, that's nomad.
2: Wanderer, nomad, yeah. and then the last generation is the hero generation, and always around the time of the hero generation, there's always one that some kind of existential crisis or crisis in the nation, and then depending on the the abilities of that hero generation, if they're brought up in the right in a correct way is whether that, that nation stays around or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, the whole world is at that point where the crisis is about to hit, and mm-hmm. when it hits, you know, is our, is our generation going to be the time that it's going to get up and save, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, spread the good news like we're supposed to, or are we going to retract,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and then, you know, it's the end of the world another way, and not, not the better way.
0: Yeah. So, a lot of times, each generation, we have, what is it, nomad, hero...
1: So no, they're like different generations in a row. heroes. Yeah, generation. well, like just
0: what are the four of them? Oh, I yeah,
2: say the artisan, 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 artisan the prophet, the
0: builder, the artisan, prophet. prophet, nomad, and hero yeah. are the four different kinds of generations, and they're normally born around different times. Mm-hmm. And so the hero generation, I believe, they're normally born right before
2: right before, right the, before the world so when goes a, into crisis. When there would be an adult age, that's when the crisis just would normally hit.
0: Yeah. So our Our young people right now, Millennials and Gen Z right now, is the hero generation of our world. We have been born right around the time that the world is starting to go into conflict again. And, um, the reason that we're called the hero generation is because, um, because we're born in this time of conflict is starting to rise, and as we get older, conflict rises more. We are the ones that have the responsibility and the capability to mm-hmm. turn that around for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of like data and evidence uh now that is pointing towards uh a, an inter- international collapse within the next fifteen years I think you said even less. I
0: think it's less.
1: It's less like eight eight years. So basically it's like a s like Jeremy said, a cyclical situation you have um so you have a uh was it unipolar uh like world where there's one uh world power right now that would be the united states uh and then you have that that collapses then you have a a lot of people fighting vying for that power and then you get into Mm -hmm. a bipolar uh world where two powers are fighting so that would have been russia and the united states back after the world wars um and then one of them rises again and then that start and then the cycle starts over again Mm -hmm. um So you had how many empires so far? You've had the Mongolian, the Roman, the
2: the British the British the Ottoman and no, I don't think the Ottoman is one of uh the Roman after after Christ died and the church began was the Roman Empire when it fell, then the Mongolian Empire rose, Mm -hmm. and then when it fell, the British Empire rose and there was peace and then it fell in the World War Two era. That's when the British Empire fell right before then and then we went into uh, America, multipolar. The, multi-polar. Yeah, the multipolar. Then we went to the unipolar when America, uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, and America gained dominance as the number one power in the world, military mm. and all around.
0: Okay, so to change the subject a little bit, um, last week we had Holy Spirit Week, and Ryan, who was one of the teachers last week, prophesied over me that I was going to have many dreams from God, and that he was going to speak to me in dreams, and I mean, I knew already that God spoke to me through dreams, and I have had, I've had people say that to me, like, tons of times, like, so many different people throughout my whole entire life have always told me, God's going to talk to you through dreams, and, like, he does, I know that God talks to me through dreams, um, but, yeah, last, not last night, two nights ago, maybe, maybe two or three nights ago. I had a really weird dream that I'm praying about because I'm not quite sure what it means. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like it was from God, even though it was so weird. But I had this dream that I was, like, being chased by some, like, gangsters or mobsters or something. Did I tell you about this? I
1: think I heard that. I overheard you talking about it, but I wasn't there because it was in the. You were telling it at breakfast, I think. Yeah.
0: And I was
2: late, as usual, because I like to sleep.
0: I think you were in it. I know Jeremy was in it. And I know Sven. <laughs> yeah, she she Sven, comes up to
2: me that morning and is like, hey, you were in my dream last night. I'm like, I don't know if I should be worried about this or not. And she's, <laughs> no, I, She's, I, like, I, she's I, like, it was a good thing. You protected me. I'm like, yeah, I, I have why.
0: dreams about people that I know all uh-huh. the time. Yeah. Literally all the time. Like, whenever I first met, like, you and Reese and Marina and all of them, yeah. I had dreams about y'all. Like, every single night. It was weird.
2: Okay. <laughs> I, I mean,
0: just I just have dreams about people that I come in contact with.
1: I kind of do, too, but typically... Oh, well, I had a dream about Elliot. <laughs> I told really? him, yeah. We'll talk about that after your dream. Let's go back to your dream.
0: Right, so, in my dream, I was kind of running from country to country, almost. Um, fleeing from... I'm not sure if it was, like, a gang or a mobster, or maybe just some sort of man that was chasing me. I think it was only one man, but I felt like he was trying to like, kidnap me or kill me or do something. And I also had a baby with me, and it was a little baby girl. And I, yeah, I felt like this man was trying to steal, like kidnap me and my child. Um, so I'm going from country to country, running away, and I end up in, I think I ended up in Portugal, in Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal. Um, and Jeremy, who is our guest today, and then Habib, my co-host, and then also Reese, who we should have on the podcast. We should have him on the podcast. And Sven, who we had on the podcast last week, and Marshall, I think, also, oh wait, Reese, Jeremy, Habib, Sven, Marshall. There was six men, but the, the sixth man, I don't remember who it was. I don't think it was anybody that I know. I think it was just some random person in my dream.
1: Sometimes when you, actually people in your dreams are people you've never actually met, but you, you notice people all the time in the street or when mm-hmm. you're walking you're on TV mm-hmm. and your subconscious notices them so Mm -hmm. they'll show up in your dreams so a lot of the people in your dreams are people you've seen you just don't know who they are yeah
0: because your brain doesn't have the capacity to create faces yeah so every face that you have in your dreams even if you don't recognize that face it's somebody that exists in real life which is weird really weird (laughs) yeah but also i think it's interesting your brain doesn't have the capacity to create faces because i think that shows that only god has The power to do that.
2: Only he has the imagination. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways, anyways. So, one of you guys, or maybe all of you at once, contacted me and said, Hey, we have a safe house for you. Come with your child and we'll protect you and whatever. Um, So, I come to this safe house and it's literally just like, it's literally just a house in the middle of like a suburban neighborhood. But, it's safe for some reason. Um, I think it's just because it's, like, a random house in a suburban neighborhood. It's very, like, nondescript. Usually,
1: usually safe houses are just nondescript houses in different places. Yeah.
0: So I come in, and you guys are, like, protecting me, and we close all the blinds and make sure everything's locked, know all that, and just chill in, and then you take me to this, like, you, you guys, like, gave me, like, a separate room for me and my baby to just, like, chill in and, like, be protected and just, like, stay safe and calm down, and so I go to this separate room from the house and then all of a sudden this man that has been chasing me throughout the entire dream drives his car right up to the window literally like almost touching the window of the room that I'm in and turns his brights on on his car so that he can see through the blinds into the house and he's like looking around, and he sees me, and he sees the baby, and then he's, like, banging on the windows, banging on the doors, trying to get into the house, yelling at me, and then he calls me on my phone, and he was just saying, like, if you come outside and talk to me, nothing bad will happen. Let's just have a conversation, and just, let's just chat and be civil. But, like, he was lying. Like, I knew he was lying to me. And so I was like, no, I'm not coming outside to talk to you. I know that you're just going to kill me or something. So... I ran around, and for some reason, the room that you guys took me to, the safe room of the house, did not connect to the rest of the house. So I, I mean, it connected to the rest of the house, but there was no door that went from the house into the room. So I had to walk outside to get into the rest of the house. So I was like, well, this is stupid. So I'm like running outside to get into the rest of the house to tell you guys that the bad guys here. Yeah. And, um, I think he started shooting at me. So then I ran inside and I was like, Hey, he found me. Can you guys like get rid of him? <laughs> <laughs> and so then I think maybe Sven, maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was Sven or Reese took me and my baby to a closet and they were just like, okay, hide in here, just hide in here and be very quiet. And I was like, Okay, so then the closet door is shut, and I'm just chilling in a closet with my baby, and it's just completely black, and I just hear a bunch of gunfire and shouting, and people are shooting each other, and people falling off of, like, buildings, I don't know. It's just, like, it sounds like a battle. And so, finally, it starts to calm down and get quieter and quieter, and I'm just like, oh, I cannot sit, I can't, I can't sit in this closet anymore and just let them fight for me, like, I need to get out there. So... I just, I think I just, like, grabbed the nearest thing to me and grabbed my baby and started, like, running through the house looking for everybody. And I knew that there were six of you, six of you guys that were protecting me. So as I'm running through the house, I'm counting you guys off to make sure that you're all still here. So I run past Marshall and I'm like, okay, one. And then I run past maybe you and I was like, okay, two. So I'm like, counting, counting, counting. I get to three and then I'm like, okay, where are the other three? And finally I get to the very back of the house, and Jeremy, Sven, and Reese are standing there, and I'm like, okay, six, everybody's alive, everybody's okay. And, um, it was so, so weird. Like, it. I mean, it sounds like a very intense dream, yeah. but it wasn't. I mean... I mean, okay, maybe I have battle dreams a lot, (laughs) but it sounds like it was super scary, but it wasn't scary.
1: I gotta be honest with you, that wasn't a dream, it all really happened.
0: No, stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's not done yet, it's not done yet. Oh, there's more. It was so long, it was so long. Oh, wow, that's very
1: specific.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's how, because I know that Yeah, that's why I think it's from God, because the dreams that I get from God, I remember, and there's specific details, Mm -hmm. but the dreams from myself are just kind of, like, really random ploop on this, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, so there's a teddy bear on a rainbow, whatever. But this is like... You're on a rainbow? No, no, my one's from God, I remember very clearly, and it... Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, most time, I feel like when you get a dream from God, it's it's very vivid. I mean, everyone in the Bible that's ever been said it was a very, very depicted a dream. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, you know, either freaked them out, or they're just like, that's really interesting, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. So anyways, I finally get to you, Sven, and Reese, and I'm just like, like I almost, I almost started crying because I was just so relieved that everybody was alive. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, like I can breathe. I don't know, I know you guys were protecting me, but I felt responsible for you guys, and I was like, I need to make sure that everybody's alive and everybody's okay. And so I'm just like, I I think I was just like shaking like cuz I was just so like just shaken and overwhelmed and relieved all at once. And so Reese comes over to me and he's like trying to take my baby from me and I was like flinching away from him. Yeah. But then Reese was like no, just like you need to you need <clears throat> to calm down and like go like let me hold the baby. You go and like take a breather. So I give Reese the baby, gave him like a Burp, burp rag or something and just like walked into another room just to like just like chill for a second after this battle and then some random dude walks into the front door he wasn't a bad guy but he also wasn't a good guy I have no idea who he was maybe he was the
1: new neighbor bringing you some lemon bars <laughs>
2: <laughs> they do that, don't
0: they? Yeah. It was a suburban I mean, yeah, neighborhood. They just,
2: they just walk into the house <laughs> after a gun battle. It's like maybe No no no. He
0: looks like a construction <laughs> worker, and I remember his face so clearly, but I've never seen him before. He was very tan, and he had kind of like a scruff, but not a beard. And he was dirty, but not not like a homeless man. Like dirty, like he had been working. And he looked like he was a construction man. He was wearing like an old kind of faded white t-shirt, khaki pants, heavy work boots he was He had dirt on his hands and dirt on his face, and he looked very like strong but also tired, like he had just gotten done doing a lot of manual labor and I think his name was like Royce or something like that, Royce or something, or maybe it was like David. I don't know. How do you know from
1: Royce to David.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I can't remember, but I, re- I know he had a name because he told me his name. I don't know why I can't remember it, but he literally, I walked past him as he walked into the front door, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's an intruder!" But then all of you guys knew him, and so I was like, "Okay." It's our like buddy David. <laughs> Oh, yeah, David, yeah, yeah, I here. forgot about him. He's the Dan. guy from across the street. He's that one yeah. guy. Yeah. He always brings, him us, always brings us lemon bars after a gunshot. Yeah.
2: He's <laughs> like, you got to do a lemon bar, don't
0: you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I walked over to, over to him and I was like, who the actual heck are you? Like, I was, like, at this point, I was just so, like like, adrenaline filled because of the gun, all the yeah. gunfire and everything going on, that I was about to, like, punch this boy in the face, like, get out, I don't trust anybody besides these six people that had just protected me, and he just stretches out his hand, and he was like, hi, my name's David, or whatever he said, and then I was like, okay, and so I shook his hand, and then he was like, I'm so tired, so I'm gonna go sleep, and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: where'd he leave the lemon bars
0: he didn't he didn't he didn't bring any lemon bars if anything he just brought a bunch of dirt
1: i remember he brought
2: lemon bars <laughs> you were not
0: there <laughs> i mean he was in the dream
2: he just got... <laughs> was not the dream
0: so yeah i think eventually reese gave me back my baby and i woke up
2: hmm. that's a very interesting dream is a really
1: interesting what was your baby's name
0: Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I know it started with an A, and Uh she was a girl, and she was between six and eight months old. Uh Oh. That's really
1: specific.
2: So weird. If this ends up happening in the future, I'm gonna be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's happened to me before, and I was like, I don't understand what just happened.
1: Oh, I would rather never be part of a gunfight, though. And also, we'd probably take you to a house that's actually
2: connected if this whatever ever happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, or at least we'd hide you in that part and not in the unconnected yeah. part.
0: <laughs> yeah, the thing.
2: I'd also make sure David
1: brought lemon bars.
0: I don't know. It was just, it was very, a very odd dream because mm-hmm. the whole time I had this baby with me, literally I put down the baby once and the other time that I didn't have the baby with me is because Reese was holding the baby. All the other times I literally was holding the baby the entire dream. And like, I don't know, it was just weird because I think the baby was mine. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. But I also know for a fact that, like, I didn't steal this baby or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know, like, in my dream, like, I was responsible for this child. And I definitely loved her a lot. But uh, there was never, like, any sort of father figure in the whole dream. It was very odd.
2: Hmm. So, does this dream have, like, any piece? Was there, like, an odd piece to it? or
0: Yeah, like, yeah, like I said, it sounds like an intense dream. Yeah. It sounds like I should have woken up in a sweat and sounds been like really dream. frightened. But... I don't know. I just felt so at peace the whole time. I was not... I wasn't I, afraid or shaken up.
2: Wandering. Because I, I know sometimes that I've had dreams, and I'm pretty sure they were me, but God still like, intervened in the dream. That's yeah. about the best way to describe it. And like, it's like he was revealing to me something that was going on in my subconscious mm-hmm. that I needed to work on, or mm-hmm. that he was already doing in me. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, later on, like the dream made sense later mm-hmm. on, but... At the time, it didn't make sense, and yeah. that might be what this is like. You had a a dream of something that, you know, your your subconscious is trying to work through and, and try to process and God's like using us and like He's giving a piece like you're okay here now, you know. Mm-hmm. Just
0: yeah,
2: a thought. Do you have any ideas of what it might mean yet? Yeah,
0: yeah, I do. Um... So my mom, she has been on this podcast, not this socially distanced podcast, but my previous podcast, Adventures with Abigail, which if you scroll down on whatever app you're using, you can find it. It's probably like, I would guess maybe like episode 14 or, um, I have to find it now. Anyways, my mom wrote a book on getting dreams from God Mm. and, um, oh yeah. Okay. It's episode 12. Episode 12 of my podcast featuring Melissa Jacobs' dreams. Listen to that if you want to hear my mom talk about dreams. Um, but yeah, she gets dreams from God like nobody's business. And she has written a book about un- interpreting those dreams. Yeah. And she's very knowledgeable about like how to interpret dreams from God and how to interpret if the dream you got was from God or from yourself and all that. Um, so I texted her and I told her the dream that I had. And she said that, I, well, I asked her, I was like, do you think that this is even from God? Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, there's a possibility it could be. Um, holding a baby in a dream normally refers to some sort of ministry or um, like a dream that God has given you, kind of. Um, and whenever there's people chasing you, it can represent like the enemy trying to steal something from you.
1: I actually thought about that while you were telling the story that the baby was probably something God is giving you and the enemy is trying to take
2: it away.
0: Yeah, and so my mom says, the people chasing you could be the enemy trying to steal the ministry that God has for you. And the fact that you knew you had to protect the baby, I think could be a reference to an understanding that there will be an attempt by the enemy to thwart God's plans for you and possibly the team as far as ministry. Um, and then I, okay, I woke up and I knew that I was in Lisbon, but I also had no idea what Lisbon was.
1: You didn't know what Lisbon was. Yeah, no, that's
0: what, that's really why I think it's from God, because I woke up and I was like, what the actual heck is Lisbon? I thought Lisbon was like, I don't know, a cinnamon roll or something. Okay,
1: I, this happened after we had played played that Eurotrain game, right? So you've heard
2: the word Lisbon before. I don't know that she was in there where you guys were really, a whole lot where you guys were playing Oh, really? I don't
0: know. So I woke up and I googled Lisbon because I was, I didn't even know if it was a real word. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I literally, I literally woke up and I was like, did my brain just make up the word Lisbon? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I googled it and I found out that Lisbon is the capital of Portugal, which I had no idea of. And my mom said that um, she googled Lisbon and it means safe harbor. So it's interesting that the meaning of the word Lisbon is safe harbor and I was also in a safe house the entire dream. Hmm. Um, and she says that Lisbon is the oldest city in Europe and it's under Muslim rule. Um, she says, "We know from scripture that God is often referred to as our refuge and safe place. Could this dream and Lisbon be an encouragement to run into the safety of Jesus?" Could that be what the safe house is? We often also talk about being hidden in God, being in the hidden place of prayer, going into your prayer closet, etc. I went into a closet in the dream. (sighs) It's in these hidden places that God not only shields us, but prepares us for ministry.
1: Yeah, this is. That's interesting. My dream about Elliot was literally just there was two Elliot's one was evil one was not and I had to figure out which one was evil that's all <laughs> my dream was it was just a short little silly dream that's all I remember and I remember when up the next day I was like Elliot I had a dream about you you had a twin and he was evil he's like yeah I don't have a twin I was like okay cool and that was it <laughs> uh, something I'm curious about though is for people who dream a lot in your dreams the people you talk to do they sound like your voice in your head or do they sound like themselves in real life because to me, they just sound like myself. It's weird. Like, even if a woman was talking to me, it sounds like me.
0: Honestly, a lot of times people in my dreams don't actually verbally speak to me. Mm-hmm. They just look at me and I know what they're thinking.
1: Oh, well, I mean, they are just you in your head. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. The the only times that I've really heard people... Like, okay, in the dream that I was explaining to you just now... Yeah. The only time that I actual, actually heard verbal words was when the man called me on my phone and told me to come outside. Everybody else, I just understood what they were thinking.
1: That is really interesting. Huh.
0: But, like for everybody else, whenever they were trying to communicate with me, it was face to face. So I could see their face and I just knew they're saying this to me. But their mouth wasn't moving. There wasn't sound coming out of their mouth. But whenever I answered my phone, I remember I heard his voice. In my phone, and it did not sound like me. It sounded like a man, and I remember what he looked like too. He was kind of um, Italian, Mexican-looking, tan skin, black hair, um, a short-trimmed beard that was black and very curly. Um, very, he looked like a very clean man. He was very like, um, like he had money. Was you he know? wearing
1: Hugo Boss?
0: I don't know. Is that a perfume? No. Well, it's
1: a brand that makes fancy stuff. Mm. I I just thought, I was wondering if Hugo Boss sponsored your dreams.
0: He just drove a cool black car and he was wearing like a nice shirt and stuff. Mm. So, any thoughts? Interesting.
1: (laughs) I mean, what you said was pretty much along what I was thinking. I still don't understand why we were specifically in the dream. I find interesting the
2: exact number was six. Yeah. And then at the end, the seventh, seventh came in. The seventh yeah. came in, yeah. I oh, the seventh was representing Jesus. That was my <laughs> first thought. It was like yeah. a representation of Jesus. Huh. But I mean, because you know, David, Jesus came from the David, you line of David, David, yeah. And I was like, and <laughs> I was like, that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's a, it's very something, different something to ponder upon, and pray about. Mm-hmm. And Jesus never gave me lemon bars, so.
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> he did something much better for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I'm just. I'm wondering, yeah, six is a not usually a good not, number. Uh, I've always noticed, in, even in dreams, God uses numbers, specific numbers, for very mm-hmm. specific reasons. Yeah. And if you go to, like, your biblical truth times and, and what the numbers represent, like, you can sometimes reveal information just in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now do you see why I think maybe it could be from God? Yeah, oh, so yeah.
2: It's definitely something that could be from It's God. just so specific
1: and you remember, typically those dreams. Like, I dream every night, and I know I do, because I remember, wake, I wake up like, oh... That was weird, but then I, a lot of times I do forget it. There's a couple of times I remember
2: it, but I never actually thought about it in any way. There, there's some dreams that I get, and then like two days later it happens. It weirds the crap out of me when that happens. Yeah. I've yeah. had I've had dreams that kind of have convicted me of things, too. Mm. And i yep. also had dreams that were happening as I was dreaming. Like, that's the weirdest one I've ever had.
1: Oh, like an Inception dream? No, like,
2: like I'm up in my bed, I know I'm up in my bed. Yeah. I can tell by my surroundings, by my way I feel when I'm uh, on my bed. And my brother, and I dream, my brother was walking around randomly. Mm-hmm. And then bumps into this furniture and starts crying. Yeah. the second he starts crying, in real life time, he was crying in my dreams. And I couldn't tell which was which. Yeah. Until I got up, walked down, and he's right exactly as it was in my dream. And my dad shows up, and I'm like... Now I'm like 12 years old. I don't know what, how to explain yeah. that. How do you explain to your dad that you just dreamed this happened and you're up in your bed? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to sound weird. That still sounds weird to me, man. Yeah,
1: I oh, remember man. one dream that's still stuck in my mind that I had it like probably a couple of months ago. I was in Jerusalem, I think. I'm pretty sure I was in Jerusalem with a bunch of people I work with and friends and stuff. And we were just, I guess, in a conference. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I was looking at a window and I, for some reason I knew we were at war and then just this bomb comes at us and like explodes the whole place. And then I, I wake up, but I don't wake up. I'm back in the same room. except this time I know what's going to happen. So I tell everyone and we start running out, but we miss it and we still get hit. So the third time I wake up again and I'm like, okay, I know what we have to do now. And we run this time we do get out of the building and I'm like, we have to run back to Nazareth where I live. Um, and we're running back, and then bombs start falling all around us, but they're not hitting us this time, we're getting away from them, and we do get back to my home, and when we were there, I still knew we were at war, but for some reason I kind of like knew that we wouldn't get hurt, and that was like, that's all I remember from it. Like, I don't, yeah, like, I could probably, if, if I were to film a movie, I could film exactly this, like, the scenes are in my mind, I can see them still, Mm. but I never thought about it or anything, Mm. um. So, I don't know. I hope it's not something that'll
2: happen. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Dreams are incredibly powerful, but at the same time, you have to take caution and, and, and try always weigh to the word: Is it bringing me peace? know, just like when you hear from God in anything, is it edifying me? Is it bringing me peace? Is it bringing conviction in my life? Yeah. Or is it just causing confusion and and other like that? Is it is it disturbing me? Is it bothering me? If it's bothering me, why? Yeah. You know. What about this dream bothers me? Because there's three places your, your dream can come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we was talking about this, but uh, your dream can come from God. We all know that one. And I believe yours was be from God. Um, your dream can come from the devil. I mean, that's what nightmares are. I've definitely had nightmares where it scared the crap out of me in the moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Uh, then there's your own mind. Your own mind can... You, know, you have an imagination. Your own mind can produce some of the most crazy things, and you're like, I don't understand what just happened. Yeah. And so, I mean, always be weighing it. Always be comparing it to what's going on in your life. Look and see if there's a, a correlation to what you're seeing in your life. And like if it's not that, is it God? And always, mm-hmm. Always be weighing what's being put in front of you.
1: I feel like dreams that you typically forget are, t- are from your own brain and just like your brain processing things that have been happening, like mm-hmm. your subconscious processing things. And you realize they happen and you, in them, like while you're dreaming, like, yeah, this is happening. And a lot of times I am aware of my own dreams and sometimes I can control them when I realize that I am, but I don't, if I control them, I will remember them. But if I don't, I will, I will forget them. Uh, but a lot of times if you, if they're scary, you kind of do remember them. And and then if they're like weirder, because I think I feel like for me, I can tell the difference between when it's a dream from me and it's when it's a dream from God or a bad dream. Because if it's a bad dream, typically it's not you or God; it's the enemy. And then if it's a good dream, it's I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's different than my the dreams I normally have. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I have been having. I'm. I think it's reoccurring, but I. Don't know how many times I've had it, but every time that I have it, I get the sense that I've had mm-hmm. this many times. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I've had dreams that where I'm like, I think I've had this dream before. Yeah. Yeah, and, and but that, so I've had those dreams before and then it happens in real life. And I'm like, I've seen this before. Oh,
0: this dream that I've been having could yeah. not happen in real life.
1: Oh, okay, well, but then it happens and then I don't dream about it anymore. Oh, okay. That's happened before, but then I also had dreams where it's just like, it's happened and I'm like, I feel like I've dreamt this before, mm-hmm. but it hasn't, I don't think I've dreamt a reoccurring dream in a while.
0: The dream that I've been having a lot lately, I actually haven't had it in a few weeks now, but I, I'm i pretty sure for a while I was having it, like yeah. every night. Um, it was this, so I don't even know how to explain it. I'm driving with my friends, not any of you guys, friends from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and we are coming out of the mountains, and at the base of the mountains there's this very beautiful still crystal clear lake mm-hmm. very it's so and it's so beautiful it's like the most beautiful landscape that I've ever seen and I've seen a lot of beautiful landscapes mm-hmm. it's it's just beautiful it's like I don't know it's like Wyoming or Oregon or somewhere yeah. somewhere that there's mountains and these very beautiful colorful trees and different plant life and then there's these like deep lakes mm-hmm. um so we're driving out of the mountains and there's this road that Goes over the lake. It's like, it's not a bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's not a tunnel. It literally, the road literally goes on the surface of the lake. Yeah. It's so weird. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not like um, a levee. Or, is that called levee?
1: When when it's like kind of a, a road that goes on water?
0: No, it's not, it's not like built up um, by
1: It's like dirt. in the water.
0: Yeah, but it's not floating either. It's literally just a road that goes on the surface of the water, and it's it's super flat, super straight, almost um, equal, like an equal plane with the water almost. Mm. And yeah, but you you as you drive, you're not afraid of flooding because the lake is so still. Like there's no there's no ripples in the lake at all. Yeah. Um, and as you drive out of the mountains down this road that goes straight across the lake there are these different pavilions on Mm -hmm. the side of the road, in the lake, kind of like little huts almost that are built out of the water. And um, as you drive down this road, each little pavilion has a different idol in it. And it's like these different gods. There's like a Hindu god and a Buddhist god, and then there's like that green fat guy... And all these different things as you're driving, and there each of there's like a bunch of huts filled with different idols from different religions on the side of this road, and it's like they're shrines. That's what it is. They're shrines. Yeah. Um, and I don't really remember them that much, but the one that I particularly remember so much is this beautiful, beautiful woman, like a statue of a beautiful mm. woman, and she's massive. Like the statue is. She. She's not. She's not massive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah the statue is big the
0: statue is probably 15 20 feet tall Mm -hmm. and she is so beautiful very just yes she looks like an indian or like um kind of like indian arabic type looking woman very very beautiful and just has like such like long flowing hair and like She's just the essence of beauty, Mm -hmm. and around her there are all these different flowers and different jewels and stuff, and she has this, like, hut, or like, a roof that's built around her to protect her from the rain, and she, you can definitely tell that people come and worship her often, because there are lit candles everywhere, Mm -hmm. and flowers floating in the water around her, because there's not enough room in her shrine for the flowers. She's, and it's so colorful, like, there's... These bright, bright reds and bright purples and yellows and greens and blues. So incredibly colorful. Mm-hmm. And it's peaceful. Like, too peaceful. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like... Almost
2: it's like a hairy piece. Not, yes. Not a comfortable piece. The
0: entire piece. dream is so colorful. Like, every time I have it, I'm just shocked by the colors that I see. Because yeah. they're colors that I can't see with my eyes. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I'm... Very, very mildly colorblind. Incredibly mildly colorblind. But in my dream, there are colors that I see in my dream that I don't know if I could see them in real life. That's weird. How would you know that they look like that, though? It's just like, there's just so much. There's just so much. And it's it's so vibrant. vibrant, And there's so many different variations of the same color. And it's hard for me to see variations of the same color. Mm -hmm. And there's so much variations. And it's like these... Like, the sky is purple and pink and blue and orange and, like, vibrant. And the trees are all these different colors. And the water is, like, silver and blue and crystal. It's the most colorful dream that I've ever had.
2: Yeah.
0: And as you drive past this lady in her shrine, she's a statue. She's not a living being. Um, It's so peaceful and inviting. And you just want to go over to her and... Like, just, you just want to, like, put your hands on the statue and just, like, be there. Mm -hmm. It's too inviting, if that makes sense. And, like, I have never, in my, in the dream that I, this dream, I never get to the, I never, like, I wake up before I get to the other side of the lake. But every time that I drive past this woman, I just want to go over to her and I want to, like, jump out of the car and swim over to her shrine. Mm -hmm. But also, I know that there's something in the water under her shrine that will kill me that I cannot see
2: that is well idols often represent something that people you know clear up representations of things people worship mm. yeah and I'm wondering if there's like a something that God or, or God's pointing out that that is a temptation for you to fall into and in mm. that and that and that aspect something that you you because you talk about um the importance of a woman a lot. It's really big and very important to you. But you still keep yourself at a distance from it. You know, I'm like, you're not fully feminist, but you still have like certain things that you deal with in that. Mm. And some of that comes with your past story. And mm. I understand you a little better because I understand your past story now. Mm. But I'm wondering if, if God just, it's like a warning because, it's, because it is inviting to go down that path. Mm. And, there, and there's, and, and women are very much worshipped in that line of thought process. Mm. That wonder if it's something to do with that.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I've not thought about that before. Interesting.
2: And I of just like after that, God is a born, just like you know, like because you like you said, you know, there's something under underneath everything that is very bad for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it could it could destroy mm-hmm.
0: you. Yeah.
2: So it's like you it's like you know how inviting that is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the same time you know that you know there's something wrong mm-hmm. with it, and, and yeah. if you look at modern day feminism. There's something wrong with it.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. The
2: way, original feminism, the way it was originally, was a lot more accurate to Uh what it should be. They want equal rights, which is what Uh we should have.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree.
2: But, I think that's what it is. If I had to guess. Uh Uh-huh. I don't, I'm no expert on this kind of stuff, but it's just stuff that I've...
0: Yeah, I have not prayed about it, which I probably should do. Mm
2: -hmm. And And I have also... And all things go to heaven in prayer and supplication. Yeah. Yeah. All things. Yeah. It's, I also
0: have not had it in a while, so.
2: Nice. A
1: weird dream. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had a dream that, that's super colorful. Mm. Like, typically, the colors that show up in my dreams are, like, greens and blacks.
2: Mm. I don't know. That's well, weird. I get, when I, there's some dreams I've had, was like, it was like, I, I was sitting there talking to you like this. Yeah. And I've actually had whole conversations with people, and I could hear their voice, because I knew them, like, like I knew that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I still have not met the persons and some of the dreams I've had. And I don't know if it's people I'm going to meet eventually, mm. but it was like I was having a whole conversation,
0: mm-hmm. and I
2: could hear them. Like I saw their mouth move. There was there was sound. Mm. It was it's it's strange. I definitely I I tend to get more visions than yeah. dreams. So
1: no, I'm pretty sure I've had sounds and dreams like yeah, like you said, gunshots and stuff like or like a lot of like loud noise. You get up and there's nothing there, but it's just like your head. Generates, like, noise. I don't know how that works. How your mm. brain just anticipates noise. Well, I mean, if it's hurt, it can, it can, it can imitate it in your dream. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, I have an interesting thing about dreams. Have you ever had a dream where you, like, you hurt something in your dream, and when you get up, it actually hurts? Because I had a dream one time that I was in this car. I still remember it, but it was, like, a long time ago. I was in in a car, like, driving it. And this is before I could drive. It was just way back. Um, and... Uh, And then, like, the skeleton thingy comes up, opens the door, grabs my arm, and, like, starts bashing it. I don't know why. It's really weird, I know. was scary. Yeah, it probably wasn't a good dream. It was just a long time ago, but I woke up and my arm actually hurt. Like weird. that's like the first time I realized that this is that happened. It's yeah. happened a couple of times. Not the dream itself, but I've gotten hurt in a dream, and it wasn't necessarily a bad dream. But I just got hurt, and I woke up, and it
2: actually hurt. I feel like they talk. I've heard someone talk about this before, like a psychologist, and how your brain can actually perceptualize pain, and even though there's not an actual thing happening there, your brain, because of the dream, is so real to you, yeah, it perceives an actual pain there. Weird. So you said you have had dreams like those.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah.
2: Mine tend to be the ones where you're falling, as soon as you're laying your whole body. Oh, yeah, I've had those, too. That's the most annoying ones, because it's like, now you're awake, and you can't get back to sleep because you had a weird dream of falling off a cliff or something.
0: Yeah. I've definitely had dreams where I... I don't... Yeah, I don't have any, like, specific memories because I don't really remember my dreams unless they're from God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely had dreams where I hurt something in my dream, and then I wake up, and it hurts... Or, um, I'll like get in like a fight or something, mm-hmm. and I'll get like punched or something, and then I feel like I got punched whenever I wake up. Yeah. But I also read a study a few years ago that was talking about why that happens to mm-hmm. us, and it's because one of the reasons that one of the reasons that it can happen to us is because in our sleep. Something makes us uncomfortable, and so then we dream to make an excuse or to make a logical reason as to why we're feeling that feeling. So, a lot of the times, whenever that happens to me, I'll wake up and my arm will be asleep because I'm sleeping on it wrong. Or, like, one of my socks will be off so my feet is cold, so that's why I had a dream that I'm swimming in ice or something. You know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Your brain just tries to make a logical, as much of a logical reason as it can while you're asleep. Mm -hmm. Um... So most, pretty much every time that that's happened to me, I've woken up and been like, oh, my arm hurts because I accidentally slept on it underneath it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that could also be, I think that's what happened is I like, slept on my arm and woke up and like I, I guess my brain yeah, tries to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I had another question about, or like another thing about dreams and it kind of just escaped my mind. <laughs> like most dreams do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a dream... Maybe uh, maybe like four years ago,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I would say probably about four, maybe even five years ago at this point, but actually, yeah, I might not have even been high school I it might have been even six years ago, it was a while ago, <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> mm. um, in this dream, I was on a tour um of Auschwitz, yeah, and have I told you about this, no. Okay, okay. But I, I
1: always tend to say, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was on He's honest, a yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, man. That's a
0: good movie. No Man Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So, I'm on this tour of Auschwitz. And um, I'm with a lot of business people. Mm-hmm. They're all, like, I don't know why, but there was a, like a large group of, like, a business group touring Auschwitz as I think they were considering buying the land to turn it into something different. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just like a regular tourist tour. It wasn't like a special tour. Um, And so there's all these people walking around with briefcases and suits and ties and phones and stuff, like very businessy. And I'm the only person there that's actually like there to just see the camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody in my tour group was so throughout the entire tour we're going from different place different place the tour guide is explaining different things that happened in different places of the camp and everybody in my tour group was so objective and analytical and did not they did not let the camp hit them at all on the emotional level like they were not nobody was moved by what they were seeing nobody cared it was just like everybody was just there to like make make business basically weird. yeah and so eventually we get to this area where there's a um like a cul-de-sac of cages that are about mm-hmm. the right size for a great dane um and there's like yeah it's just like a, a circle or a ring of cages stacked on top of each other um and inside the cages are people living people Like, the camp is still active. Yikes. And they are, like, they are living, but they're not. They're skeletons, they're naked, they don't even look like human beings anymore, but they're humans. And everybody in my tour group is just looking around, like, writing down notes, like, literally crunching numbers, and trying to figure out how much they'll have to pay to buy this land and all that. And like doing business deals. Nobody is moved by what they're seeing at all. And I'm looking around me and I literally, in the middle of my dream, I just like fell down to my knees and I was just crying out to God. And I was like, God, why is this still happening? And why is nobody noticing it or acknowledging it? And why are you letting this continue? Yeah. And then I woke up.
1: Maybe it, I it could just be a symbol for like the entire world and what's going on right now. I mean, that's I mean it's it's a small
2: scale of like a really horrible thing that happened. What and was going on six years ago? That five or six years ago, what was going on in your life? Uh, yeah. Was it was your was there things going on that you wanted other people to notice and, and be moved the way
0: you were? Um. Perhaps I actually think that I have gotten an interpretation for that dream. Okay. Okay. Um, I I think that there are still some things in it that are to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But after I had that dream, I noticed a significant change in my life where I started to have passion for injustice. Mm-hmm. Anything that was unjust made me so fired up, and yeah. so like I need to change this, and like I know that I can work against it. Um, And around that same time, I really started to have a heart for um, women that have been sex trafficked and uh, like abortion and homeless people, things like that, injustices in the world. And I think that uh, that dream was kind of signifying that God is giving me a passion for things that other people might not notice Mm. or other people might not care about or be moved by that. But that things that things that move god's heart if that makes sense yeah and i think there's still things to come to fruition because i'm only 18 and i don't have my own ministry yet yeah but
2: Here, like the rest of us you're still at the starting phase of your mm-hmm. ministry yeah you know i might be a little bit older than you guys and i might be a little bit farther along in my ministry but and i'm in the true sense really getting started at what god fully has planned for mm-hmm. me. and so i mean in that case yeah just it's a lot to grow in but it's kind of the beautiful thing. Like, there's a lot more to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean...
1: Yeah. I, for me, like, the, I've had this thought before of, like... God m- made us... Okay, here's here's the thing. Like, a lot of times we think... Like, God, why why is there hunger in the world? Mm-hmm. Why are there people who are like that? Like, why, why don't you do anything about it? Like, why are there homeless people? Why mm-hmm. are there people who suffer every day? Why don't you do anything about that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... What I felt was that he has—he mm-hmm. made us—and mm, Yeah, yeah. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He's like, you go do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want—he wants us to be a part of mm-hmm. of it—and yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing—and that kind of ties into the heroes thing that we mm-hmm. were learning about.
2: I was just thinking. About. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it's just like I—I I felt like this like heavy heaviness of like, darn, I, <laughs> I gotta go out there and do something
2: about this, mm-hmm. and I just haven't found out how yet, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's exciting to me the, the more he's revealing to me it's like because I like to be busy I like to have work I like things I like to have like, a goal and a, and a mission to go towards and so it's like he's giving me this mission he's like you're going to be doing this you're also going to be doing this like he's giving me this big spectrum of things I'm going to do and he's like I would lead you in each thing each time but it's like it's so exciting to know I have a lot of work ahead of me
0: mm-hmm.
2: because it's like you know I have my, I'm going to get to live my purpose finally yeah
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to add?
1: Yes. If you're in a dream and you see a toilet, don't go to it. <laughs>
0: that's,
2: um, some, that's some solid advice. Yeah,
0: sound advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking from experience.
2: Maybe. <laughs> that's code for yes.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's pretty much it. guess. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been episode three of Socially Distanced. Thank you guys so, so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed our guest this week, Jeremy Rice. Do you have anything you want to say, Jeremy?
2: No, uh, not really.
0: You can just say goodbye to the world.
2: Goodbye, world.
1: <laughs> no, don't, no. no. Um, anyway, we've known nothing... What? (laughs) (laughs) What This has been
0: socially distanced. Yes,
1: please stay socially distanced, stay at home, and don't say goodbye to the world.
0: Drink hand sanitizer. Oh, wait, no, don't. (laughs) Don't drink it. Okay, goodbye.